0: Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go.
1: In a a really eerie way, it was almost like a premonition. Like, I just did so much visualization when I would go to sleep, you know, like that year and all. I just always thought about it.
0: We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would
1: say nothing in life has impacted me more than. The things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at
0: today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy, we're fortunate if you wrestle, because if you wrestle, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and
1: effort. It humbled me, taught me humility.
0: Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. Now, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gents. My guest today is the great Jay Jaggers. You know you're a bad man when your first name is one initial, and that's what we have here. Jay was a four time Ohio State champion before going on to win two national titles for the Buckeyes, and he's now the associate head coach. Also with the Buckeyes. He's a lifer, folks. Really enjoyed this conversation. Fan of the week goes to Dynasty Wrestling Academy. That's at Dynasty underscore wrestling underscore academy on the gram. Really appreciate the support, guys. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Gable the Goat Part 2, which is a documentary podcast on Dan Gable covering the years 1987 through 1993. You'll hear from the likes of Tom Ryan, Lincoln McIlravey, troy steiner alan freed for you ohio folks out there it's all there as well as the archival and music score for this documentary podcast you can find it via episode 109 in the feed or i'll text it to you if you text dan gable to 555 888 we'll text you the documentary right to your phone and that's it folks let's give it up for the one and only jay jaggers peace ladies and gentlemen we are here with jay jaggers how are you today sir
1: Hanging in there, man. Just like everybody.
0: Man, absolutely. And we're we're getting through it together. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll give the the folks a little an hour reprieve here through this conversation when it comes out next week. Um, obviously, you're the associate head coach at Ohio State, and you know a wrestling legend, two time national champ. But we'll go back to the origin story, man. What was day one for you like in the sport? When did it all start?
1: Yeah, so I think I started wrestling at about five years old. Um, uh, my dad took me up to a practice to watch my older cousin who was about three years older than me. And, uh, at, at a school called St. Peter Chanel high school, it was a high school, but they had a feeder program like K, you know, K through eight biddy program that mm-hmm. fed into the high school, Catholic school. And, uh, so I went up to that program and I was just sitting on the wall and then, uh, my, my dad probably had this master plan, right? But he likes to pretend it was on accident. He was, Oh, we were just going to watch your cousin. And, uh, a gentleman kind of came over to me and he's like, do you want to, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, this is a lot, lot better than sitting on the wall. And, um, so I started that day and then the man who pulled me off the wall to wrestle ended up being my coach all the way through high school. So he was my youth coach, like K through eight. And then he was my coach through high school. So Graham Coghill, uh, so Northeast Ohio, he's kind of a legend, you know, mm-hmm. he's an all time you know, hall of famer and you know, he's. He's uh he's getting up there, but he's he's uh he's a, he's a beast, man. He, he's he's the guy.
0: Yeah, he looked like he had won like five or six state titles and runner up oh. seven or eight times.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's everybody. Like I said, everybody in Northeast Ohio kind of knows Graham Coghill. It's like you know he's part of that group with like Bill Barger, um, uh, Urbis, like you know Riggs, like some of the some of the most well respected coaches in Northeast Ohio.
0: And I got to ask how small was that school? I noticed it's closed now because enrollment was so down. How small is the school you went to back in the day?
1: Um, I think I graduated with about maybe just over a hundred. Oh, so hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Steber you know, where he's probably had like 50 kids or something. Really? <laughs> Almost played. Stieber school's way smaller, but, uh, yeah, it just shut, it shut down a few years ago. Um, you know, uh, Gene Smith actually went to Chanel. So he's, he's our athletic director. Hmm. Um, our, our athletic trainer for our wrestling team, Will, he went to Chanel, and then our recruiting coordinator, Coach Ralph, he went to Chanel. So we kind of got a little mini army of Chanel guys that uh, that are involved with Ohio State wrestling. It's kind of neat.
0: That is pretty cool. So in Ohio, is the small school division kind of like stepchild to everything else? Because in Illinois, the 1A, Illinois, 3A is the biggest, and when I was in it, it was only two, but 1A was just... No. And I love, a lot of my friends are from 1A schools and they're country kids, but no one even cared about 1A in Illinois. Was it like that in Ohio or not as much? Not when I, not
1: when I was in school. I mean, when I was in school, like you, it was the, I mean, you could take the champs. Now, obviously like the depth is a little different. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like guys that are probably seventh or eighth and D1 or D2 um, might be a little, a little cut above the D3 guys nowadays, but when I was in school and even a couple of years before me, like some of our best, some of Ohio state, our best guys have been division three guys. Mm-hmm. So there's always individuals. And I remember like my freshman year was like the first time three teams had ever scored over a hundred points at the state tournament. So it was like us, St. Vincent, St. Mary, which is, you know, uh, where LeBron went to school and then CVCA at the time, like all three teams, we were all in the same district, like all went all were over a hundred points at the state. Like it was, it was crazy. Like that, that team race was, was wild. It kind of reminded me of like ours with Penn state in 2018.
0: That was a great year. But it was,
1: it was, yeah, it was fun.
0: So I forget, were you and LeBron growing up at the same time?
1: No. So he's, he's from Akron, but I'm, I'm, I'm from Northfield, which is kind of between Akron and Cleveland. But, um, some of my, some, two of my best friends in in high school, the Hurley brothers, Mike and Ryan, they went to school with him, so they knew him really well. So uh, we crossed paths a few times in high school.
0: Okay. Now, when you so after that first practice with uh with your pops, you're watching your cousin. Did you just follow the Ohio Youth Circuit, going to tournaments like crazy, going to TOC, all that stuff from then on? Was it like a smooth transition all the way to high school, or did you have kind of different times where it hooked you more than others?
1: Yeah. So I, my dad put me in a tournament early. Uh, maybe maybe that first year I, I can't really exactly remember, but I remember he put me in like an eight and under tournament. It might have been when I was six, so I might have I might have practiced like I mean, you know a handful of times mm-hmm. that when I, and then the next year I'd have to ask him, um, but he put me in a tournament. It was like an eight and under tournament, and I got just molly whopped. I got tech <laughs> twice. I actually ended up wrestling like one of the kids that I wrestled at the time. Like when people were like, "Who who's he wrestling?" and they said the kid's name. I still remember his name. His name was Sergio Jones people were like oh you got Sergio first round kid like lightning bolts in his head <laughs> and like a, a lycra singlet back then like everybody wore cotton so uh, he 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 killed me and then i got tech the next one and then my dad was like yeah, maybe we'll hold off on a little some competitions until he's a little ready you know or or just do hit more his age group like back then tournaments were there were sometimes they were 6 and under sometimes the lowest age group was 8 and under So, um, so once I, once, once I got like with my crew at like, like when I was like six and started wrestling six and unders, I was good, like right away. Mm
0: -hmm. And did you, so you advanced through the ranks and like, what point in middle school do you think you realized you wanted to be a four timer?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably earlier in middle school, although I played three sports like my whole life. So I, I, I played, uh, I played baseball, I played football and I wrestled and then, in eighth grade. So summer going into ninth grade, um, I made the, I made like the Ohio Fargo team and that's when I, I shelved baseball. So like, cause I was on like a travel team and we, we you know, really good team. I played on this Maple Heights team. I love these guys and the team, like all these kids started going to high school. So our team kind of broke up. So I really didn't have like a, I would have kept playing baseball all the way through too but I didn't really have a team because everybody went to high school and went their different ways. So I was kind of like in between spots, and um, and I made Fargo the Fargo team, so that's when I, I basically just stopped playing baseball. And then I played, I, re- I played football through high school until my senior year. My senior year was the only year I didn't play football.
0: Man, but, um, that, that's crazy because yeah. you weren't a big guy.
1: No, I was pretty small. Um, I was like uh, – I think the year – so in 2001 – we won. We won the Ohio State Championship in football, and uh, I was like 142 pounds, I think, and I was the starting safety. So uh, it was, you know, I just had to go low, right? And it's like I was like John Smith <laughs> <laughs> playing football, just low-leveling people.
0: Dude, is there anything better than a small school winning a high school state football title?
1: Yeah, it was cool. It was, uh, you know, it's it's interesting though because you know, like I said, I went to I went to a Catholic school in Cleveland area, so. It was the, the continuity. Like it wasn't like what you see them like Friday Night Lights, where it's a public school, the whole town shuts down because it's like everybody's, you know, transient from different areas. You got kids from Warrensville, kids, you know, from Cleveland, kids from Twinsburg. So, so like the internal, like the school, like all the parents and the kids that went there and the alumni that were behind it. But it wasn't like that, where like the city shut down. Like I had buddies. I'm from Northfield, which is Nordonia Hills uh, school. Like all my kids, my guys that I grew up with like my best friends they made it to the state championship the following year and like that was nuts like seeing them go like cuz the whole the whole, whole town shut down so that was, that was cool
0: got it so is that that catholic school thing i guess that makes right. sense i mean there's i went to a, a i grew up in a town of 6000 that and 8000 would show up for the games and it was right. all there was i mean it, we were in the middle of nowhere on the near the border of iowa so um i see what you're saying and yeah we were talking about it a little bit before we came on the air one of my buddies was telling me how you had the the bleach blonde hair in high school and you kind of had it edged about you. Where did all that come from? That was that just a natural party or did you kind of do it on purpose?
1: No, I mean, I just thought it was I thought I was being cool, man. Like <laughs> you know, like I was trying to be cool and uh it, by the way, like now it's funny, but back then that was the trend. Like I was on trend. Everybody was, blonde, you know, <laughs> streaking their hair and stuff, so it's like uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, it sounds funny to say now, but go look at any picture from 2001. Everybody was, everybody had highlights, man.
0: Dude, they so, did. So, uh,
1: but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really care. Like, I don't know. I just, I was kind of uh, like I was peacocking, man.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, if Flo was around back then, you would have been like the peacock season. Now it's Gilman and DeSanto, but that would have been you back then.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> those, 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 <laughs> I don't know if I'm. i do not know if I'm that fun <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> that entertaining. I mean. I just wore crazy stuff.
0: Now, when you got to Ohio State, Russ Helkson was the coach. What year did uh, Coach Ryan come in and transition?
1: Uh, after my second year. So, summer of 2006.
0: What was the difference before, pre and post Coach Ryan? Because you're not going to meet a bigger Tom Ryan fan than me. And I just, I love his story and the fact that yeah. he transferred from Syracuse to Iowa, walked on, and then got beat by Pat Smith in that controversial match. So, I love that guy. Um but then I talked to Tommy Rollins and he talks about Coach Helksen like he's a god. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got yeah. to work with two of these legends. What was the compare and contrast of two coaches? Um I would just say
1: I don't know, maybe just you know, and and you know, I love Russ, but it was it was probably just like youth and exuberance.
0: Mm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like mm. like it was just it was just an it was just a an injection of of energy into the program to be honest you know just because it was you know russ had been there so long and and our team wasn't that good to be honest so like you know that's that's also something that 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 i mean everybody's human right so it's like attitudes and 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 mood is dependent kind of on how your team's doing you know so that's that's something you know that I've I've learned to like try to like manage right like if we lose a duel like stay up man like it like because these kids are gonna feed off that if they see you're down and whatnot so um, I would just say like yeah it was just it was just it was just time man it was it was it was you know we just needed an injection of energy.
0: But Coach Ryan, that guy is one of the most optimistic people <laughs> you meet. <laughs> so he That's came their, in guns blazing, it, huh?
1: Double dose of, of energy. <laughs>
0: Now was he did he ever tell any stories about the old Iowa Gable days or did he keep it pretty focused on what you guys were doing Uh no he
1: doesn't he, he I mean he now cuz I sit with him in staff meetings and we're talking he'll 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 drop some nuggets as to like what he's learned um but no he he didn't he never tried to come in and, and turn us into that program mm-hmm. right So he he has his own identity as a coach and he takes things he, you know one thing about Tom is he's He's eager to learn from anybody there. He is not staunch in his beliefs or his ways when it comes to like how to do things. He's very open-minded. He lets us kind of as a staff be like stars in our roles, which I love. And um, yeah, he, he's great. I, I do have a good f- f- story about Tom though. a Funny one that I'd love to tell. Hit it. All right. So this was his first, <laughs> this was his first team meeting. Well, I had met him. Like I said, I, I, I told this to Flo a couple weeks ago. I was, I was on like the hiring committee. Like the like they got to interview the the coaches, you know. They put like three athletes and then, um, you know, a bunch of staff members on there in different departments to to interv- get to interview. So that was cool getting to meet the candidates. So Coach Ryan got the job, and um, I remember his first team meeting in like June or July or whatever it was of 2006. So the rest of my all my buddies were going to get to meet him. I'm like, you're going to love him. You know, he's crazy. He's nuts. He's ready to roll. And he shows up, man, and he's wearing this, like, sweatshirt. I'll stand up. He's wearing this, like, sweatshirt. It's, like, the sleeve. Like, it's a sweatshirt. It ain't a three-quarter. Like, he's not trying to be cool. It's, like, the sweatshirt sleeves are, like, down here. And <laughs> all, like, super tight. And he ha- it says, like, Ohio State in, like, 12-point, like, f- Times New Roman font. Like, the cheesiest. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm tapping my boy TJ, who's, like, my best friend on the team. I'm, like, yo, that's a women's sweatshirt, man. <laughs> and and uh, so he's like, it is, man. I think it is too. So he's given this like rousing message, call to arms. We're going to be great. And then uh, like after, like, like years later, I asked him, I go, Hey, you remember your first meeting? Like what was up with that sweatshirt? He's like, it was my wife's. He's like, I was, he's like, I was leaving the house. All I had was Hofstra gear. I didn't have time to go, you know, to the, to the bookstore and get gear. So I just, she had one sweatshirt. He goes, and I wouldn't show up not wearing the team stuff. You know, so he put on his wife's sweatshirt and addressed the team for the first time. I was like, what did we get ourselves into?
0: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Now, who who else was um a part of that? Who else did Ohio State hire back in that day? Can you remember back to some of the other candidates? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, no. The four four coaches that interviewed were Coach Ryan, uh, Tommy Rollins, who was – he was super young. He was – this was 2006. How about – Tommy was about 25 years old. So – um uh, and then uh, Jim Heffernan and Terry Brands.
0: Wow! And Terry Brands and Tom Ryan lived together in college. Um, yeah. What uh, do you remember? Anything that sticks out from from Terry Brands' interview? Uh,
1: no. It was like
0: once everybody came in, I loved
1: everybody, right? So like, like I said, I was so excited for you know, not not change, but it was like like we we, we didn't have a coach, so <laughs> it was like. Anybody who I've heard of would be great, you know, and I remember Terry was was he was passionate and I thought I would have done really well with him because, you know, like I, I worked pretty hard and that wasn't something that like ever I was I was never afraid to like work hard. So I was like, he'll you know, I'll vibe with him because I'll, I'll put in time and, and he'll respect me. So, um, you know, after each after each candidate came in, I was like, hire him, hire him, hire him. So I didn't really care at, at the time, but I said, I told this, like I said, I said this the other day too. Uh, Coach Ryan did a sneaky move and uh, he, when I asked for like all, all the coaches, like who, what's your staff going to look like? Right. That was a big question for me. Cause it's, you know, more than just one guy. And I know, you know, assistants get in there a lot. So I was like, what's your staff going to look like? And he's like, glad you asked. He's like, uh, you know, I want to, I want to try to get uh, Terry brands as my, my head assistant, uh, Tommy Rollins, as, as, as my other assistant. And I was like, well, that that's three quarters of the people interviewing for head jobs. Why don't we just go with this guy? We can get all three, <laughs> you know, and uh, so slick little move by Tom, which which I guess I think. So I, I brought that up to him a little bit ago. And he's like, well, he's like he's like Terry and I were having conversations about, um, you know, going with or, or, you know, doing that. And then uh, something like fell through. Or, or, I think Iowa made it, maybe came available right around that same time, too. And that's when Tom Brands got the Iowa job. So that's what. So I don't, as much as I made a joke that it was like Tom being slick, I think that there was a chance maybe Terry would have came with him had Iowa not had opened, too.
0: Yeah, that was a fun time because Kale had just gone to Penn State around that time.
1: Ohio State was like the first domino to fall, though. Like oh, that's what forced everyone. Yes, I remember that specifically is like when Ohio State um let like go Russ and they and they were looking for people some of these other schools that were like teetering were like we better make our move now cuz you know they didn't want to lose some they, they just they just knew what ohio state has to offer and, and and if somebody gets locked in there at the right price like there's no reason to leave
0: yeah you're right it was it was tom Brands went to iowa kale went to penn state mm-hmm. either that same year or within within that year i think it was no, the same kale, year
1: it was a little later kale was a little later cuz he was at iowa state uh, when I was in college, oh, he was. But okay. it was there was another school too. It was like Iowa made their move. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, but A lot, that was fun though. I mean, look at those guys now. Those have been those three programs have been the been the tops ever since. Cornell obviously has been there, but um, yeah. So who was the staff that that he at uh, Coach Ryan brought in? Lou was Lou part of that original staff?
1: Yep. So Lou Roselli, um, and then he did retain Tommy Rollins and then Joe Heskett who, You know, I don't know if you've been following the news, but uh, yeah. he's he's battling right now. So if anybody, whenever somebody people watch this, you know, make sure you know you think of Joe and I've I've, I've put on some Facebook some some opportunities to help him. So uh, you know, he's in a battle for his life right now. I mean, he, he I think he's he's stable and everything like that, and he's on the road to recovery. But you know, quality of life, he's in a battle for it. So
0: I love Joe Heskey. I've had him on the show, and after that interview, we've we had a couple calls, more like mentoring calls, and. I just love that guy and yeah so what happened he had you know the incident in 2007 where he meddled at the world championships with severely Mm -hmm. limited capacity he had a heart issue had the heart attack had to retire then was doing good for 12 years it seemed like and had a stroke ironically the same week the nationals were canceled and and now he's when you say he's battling for the quality of his life what's what's the status what's the latest I
1: think uh, so. I, I, I get my information f- like from, from, you know, his wife or his ex-wife on Facebook or uh, or his, I, I, the GoFundMe. His uh, his grandma posts update, but um, you know, like speech and uh, rehab. He's got a rehab. I'm not sure. Like he's like they. I think the update the other day was that he was able to FaceTime his kids and he was able to say I love you, but um, you know, I think that he's got to retrain a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in right. in this field by means, but um, you know, I just think he, 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 from everything I hear, he's got a, he's got a long road to go. And I was with him a week before it happened, man. Like we were, we were in our, we were in the wrestling room. Uh, first uh, practice. Coach Rollins has, it runs a club with, with Stieber elite Stieber and, and him kind of on Wednesdays. They have, they have like little kids. So my son and Joe's son were in their practice. And so I was, me and Joe were sitting there for an hour just talking and then it was—it was literally one week before that happened. So it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, prayers with the Haskett family for sure. Um, yeah, and I, it's cool. His grandmother's doing that because I know his grandmother pretty much raised him and was like his his best friend throughout all that. So no surprise she's yeah. running it. So when you say your your kids are in, you have a kid in the youth club. What approach do you mm-hmm. take? You do total hands off, or are you going in there militant style during a kid's practice?
1: Ask Stever. <laughs> i'm the craziest dad no uh
0: no. i tried to you know, well here's the thing when when you got
1: like I said Lo, he's in logan's club so steve elite wrestling academy which is is which is ran out of our our room so logan you know rent, uh, pays the rental fee and runs his club out of our ohio state wrestling room so obviously i trust logan wholeheartedly with with everything but, uh, you know, sometimes you just know your kid, right? So it's like, like, I know, I know my kid in, you know, every, everything that makes him tick and whatnot. So I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll be down there and just watch, but I don't, I don't like, I don't put shoes on and walk around. I'll either, cause I can go to my office like up top and mm-hmm. watch through the glass, and, or I can be down like under the mat in the weight equipment and, and watch him But at tournaments, you know, sometimes it's just me and him are there because, uh, you know, they don't really... Logan's still ironing out, like, the competition schedule and stuff, so I had to take him to some tournaments myself, so obviously I had to coach him there, but... Um, you know, and then I help him at home. I help him at home a lot.
0: Yeah. It's such a fine balance, man. I, I had Yanni on this morning. Obviously, his dad's super involved and was his coach, but then you hear from... You know, I'm a big Sean May fan. He had the overtime school wrestling. That was the complete opposite, where all those dads dropped their kids off, and they weren't even allowed to watch practice. So it's like there's no recipe, but... I think it's dependent on the kid. I mean, you've seen top recruits come in to do well, top recruits come in to not do well. What do you think is the difference of of kids making that transition from high school to college and and being an all-American?
1: Yeah, they got to want to do it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. to fulfill somebody else's dream. Like that's 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 not that's not the motivation that ever is sustainable. It's got to be, you know, on you, intrinsic motivation that you want to do that for you. And, um, you know, also, I think, you know, there, there are a lot of different self-motivating factors where it's like, maybe I want to do this because I want to make money or I want to do this because I want Twitter followers, you know, and what we found and what found in, in our, our staff's philosophy, at least, is that uh, the greatest motivator is the love for the sport. Right. Like like love of the game. Like yep. like, why do you want to be Love this? I love wrestling. That's why. You know, it isn't about the nike contract or whatever it's it's about because this is what i do i'm a wrestler so um you know you try to trying to get my boy to to kind of fall in love with it you know right now it's it's the good news is it's moved up from like like 13th on his sports list to like third or fourth (laughs) so what it was right below like air hockey and ping pong and uh so he's he's getting he had a good year this year and his states got canceled like like everything but uh he was upset about it. So he it's 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 a slow it's a slow trickle into him, but but he's he's pretty good.
0: That's awesome. And you talk about love of the sport. When you got to college, you obviously loved wrestling. And I've read that when you were in high school, everything you were doing was for college, but you battled some injuries early on. Um, I don't know if you wrestled in at your freshman year, but you know, didn't didn't All America make it to the nationals. And then you get into the lineup your sophomore year and you start to start to see some results. Before that happened though, did you ever have any have a time where you lost the faith or lost the love because of those injuries before you had kind of burst onto the scene at Ohio State?
1: Yeah, man. I thought I thought I I thought I might not make it through. To be honest with you, um, so my freshman year, my true freshman year, I was slated to start. I was going to start at one forty one, and then I uh, I uh, tore my UCL, blew out my elbow at the Michigan State Open. So uh, that shelved me for about five months. Came back in like April. And then I went up to 49 for my red shirt freshman year had maybe my best regular season. Honestly, I was, I was top 10 pretty much for the host year or the whole year beat, beat a few guys that were in the round of 12. Uh, you know, I beat Gregor Gillespie that year when he was on fire, like he was a beast. So I, I was like right there with with guy's lost to Schlater on riding time. And, um, and then at the, at the big tens, I tore my ACL. So that's why I didn't wrestle at the nationals okay. in 2000, 2006, my freshman year. And, um, so then I get like, you know, that's a six or seven month injury. You know, get reconstruction on your knee, come back. And then I dropped down to 41, my sophomore year, uh, and went into the nationals unseated. That, that was just a hard year, man. It's like, I dropped away class, um, came back off of, you know, i just gotten kind of the rust kicked off from the elbow too, you know, like, like getting pretty, feeling pretty good. And then boom down another six months. So when you're down for about 12 of the first 24 months of college and you're not used to that, that was, that was challenging. So
0: what pulled you through? It? Um, um, I don't know. Like you ever have a I come to come to Jesus moment where there's like one morning, I mean, or it's just kind of slowly, but surely? No, I, mean,
1: I mean, no, I was just, I just, I just, just, you know, I knew that I knew that I could wrestle. So it's like, I just had to stay healthy. So, um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't anything like where I was. I was, you know, hanging by a thread, about to quit. I was just like, I was just, I just knew this. I was like, man, if you have another season, like a really bad injury, like you're running out of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how how long? You know, you have three years left. You're gonna what are you gonna rehab the whole time? Like this isn't fun. So, um, you know, I met my dad. My dad was pretty callous, so he told me basically, suck it up, get over it. <laughs> get on that get on the rehab and let's go and i was like oh, shit, oh all right man
0: and when the big 10 injury happened did you have to default out or did you finish the big 10s in like the week after you realized how bad it was hurt
1: no i had to default so i was in the i was in the consolation semis because i lost to schlater in the on the front in the semis and my foot got stuck in the mat i was trying to see drop a guy and uh kind of crunched me down it was it was pretty it was pretty violent when it happened like the way it was like one of those where you If you watch it, like, like if you're watching on the NFL, and they'd be like, "Oh, like, don't, don't, you know, don't watch the replay because it's it's pretty gnarly." But uh, it was bad. It was bad right away.
0: And did you ever battle the Schladers in high school? Because you guys came up at the same time, right?
1: No, we. uh, I think I think Dustin was a little. He started smaller than me, then he got bigger than me. So no, I I never wrestled Dustin till till that year. Only two times I have wrestled him.
0: Gotcha. And I, I'm glad you brought up the move to 141 because that's one of the things I, I kept coming across was massive weight cut for you. What went into the decision to go 41? And like I heard you got up to like 165 and you're a lean guy. So like that had to been brutal to make that all three years. Was yeah. that a team move or just something you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, Lance Palmer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I mean, Lance was sweet. I don't know. I don't know. You know, he 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 was pretty damn good. But I don't. It was just. It was like I'm not going over. Me and Lance aren't going to duke it out for 49.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have the capability to make this weight cut. He doesn't. I'll do it. I'll go down. So um. So yeah, that's that's kind of why.
0: Gotcha. I figured it was something like that. Anyway. I'm gonna get
1: you on a charger too. I'm gonna I'm gonna step go away ahead. for one second. Take your time. Things gonna... I actually might have to switch the vantage point. You no, can go ahead. at
0: all. Take your time. We're moving through the Jagger's household, folks. Right, plugged in.
1: Well, this and like like the Skype and the Zoom just kill the battery.
0: Oh, brutal! All
1: right, I'm with you, brother.
0: Cool. So you, I didn't realize that you had that many injuries, that like two big ones like that. Because then, fast forward to the to the Nationals, your junior year, in the finals against Mendez, you had already upset Russell, but you're in the finals against Mendez injury bug happens again late in the match. Talk us through that for the folks who haven't watched that match. It was, you know, but 15 years or so ago, which is crazy to say, cause I remember watching it, but kind of talk us through the match and what happened. Well, 12 12, 12, 12, my man. bad, my bad. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that one, uh, that one was, that one was, I was okay. I could handle that one though. Cause I just won the nationals. Right. So that one was a little easy, <laughs> easier to deal with and come back from. But, uh, yeah, I had a good tournament, man. I was, uh, I mean I knew I could win like uh, there was there were, but a lot of guys could have man there was there was a lot of parity in, in in those weight classes that I won I mean who else was in there it was like Mendez uh, Nathan Morgan Charlie Griffin from Hofstra Russell myself you know there was so it wasn't like there there wasn't like um you know like a Steber mm-hmm. senior year where it's like that dude's a cut above everybody it's um it was, it was pretty wide open. So I knew I could win. And, um, you know, I was the sixth seed, you know, the cool, one of the coolest things I think that I I remember about it was back then, like, uh, I don't know what website might've been like Bodog or one of those like gambling websites. They did, they did, they did odds on like people that were going to win the title. Right. And I remember going off at like 22 to one were were the odds (laughs) for me. So, so like, Friends were like, "I'm trying to get some money down," and I'm like, "I'm gonna win! Like, I'm gonna win the nationals." And uh, yeah, I had a I had a friend, one of my best, who's best man at my wedding. He lived in Cleveland at the time, and I, he wasn't he didn't plan to go to the nationals. I was like, "Dude, you're, you got to get to the nationals! I'm gonna win." And uh, he's like, oh, "All right, you know, kind of like, all right, what else are you gonna say? You're gonna lose?" He's like, "If you make it to the finals, I'll be there." And I was like, well, "Pack your bags." And then uh, <laughs> And then when when I won in the semis, I called him like twenty minutes later and he's like, We're already in the car. <laughs> so they so they knew they were already in the car. But um yeah, it was fun, man. That that was that was it was it was awesome.
0: When they said that in the finals match, you know, you're winning five one with twenty seconds or left, something like that. You you get hurt, hurt pretty bad with your ankle, and then you had told someone, you're like, dude, they would have had to cut my foot off before I was forfeiting out that match. I mean, there was no way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, in, a, in a really eerie way, it was almost like a premonition, like, I just did so much visualization when I would go to sleep, you know, every, like, that year and all, I just always thought about it, you know, probably which gave me some anxiety, too, some match anxiety, I know I used to throw up quite a bit before matches, like a wimp, now now I look back, I'm like, what were you doing, it was wrestling matches, man, but um, I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that, that hindsight, or that foresight, I should say, um, so, Uh, I remember, I remember, um, um, oh, what was was going to say,
0: you said that it was like a premonition.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my fault. And, uh, so I, I thought of like every scenario, like I had wrestled the national tournament in my head a million times, like every different combination of guys like Russell Griffin, Mendez, Griffin, Russell, Mendez, Morgan, you know, whoever. So it's like I had wrestled every guy and, I, and I'd always play out every scenario where it was like you're down by you're down by six, you get put to your back, you got to pin them. Oh, you, you know, you're down by one with 30 seconds left. What are you going to hit? Or, you know, you're 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 protecting with 20 left, you know, down block. And one of them that I always kind of circled back to, I was like, what if you got hurt and you had to like hero it out, which I'm not a hero. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But like when you're, when you're, when you're thinking of it in your head, when you're laying down at night, you're like, you're going to have to gut it out. So when it happened, dude, there was like a, it was like a moment of clarity where I was like, Holy shit, you know, this is happening. I like, like you, you knew this was going to happen. So it was, it was pretty eerie dude. And that's, I think that gave me some calm about it though, too. I was like, you're going to be fine. You've, you've, you've been here.
0: And so you would think about it that much.
1: Yeah, I thought. I thought about. I, th- I wrestled the tournament like every night in my head.
0: Is that something you try to get your guys to do now?
1: Uh no, not. I mean, there, there's, this like I said, there was, there's a healthy amount of visualization, and there's overdoing it, right? And I was probably on the overdoing it end, and 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 I made it. I made it a bigger. Probably, I probably built it up in my head more than it than it needed to be, but that's also you know why i can kind of i can speak to that to, to guys now because you know learn 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 from learn from my mistakes
0: well it's like wrestling's a thing where when you're in it it's the most important thing in the world but then when you're done you only get the perspective then maybe a few guys get it during it but that's pretty rare but i mean you're someone who you you would call your shot like you said you'd call your buddies you're like i'm gonna make the finals so to me you seem like you had the utmost confidence but you would get that nervous where you'd throw up before matches
1: yeah. Uh, before, during, during, like, it was weird too, man. It'd be like a stressful, a stressful situation, like, like a scramble. And I'd, I'd come out of it like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to throw up. Saw. So, I was soft. <laughs> wow.
0: That's wild. Because again, like you're one of the, to me, you seem like a it's super confident competitor. Um, and it, the funny yeah, thing,
1: I, it was just, I just thought, I just, like I said, I think I just, I was putting way too much pressure on it. Like, like way too much emphasis in it like like as if my whole identity was wrapped up in it and it, 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 it's not
0: you know right did you feel that way in your senior year too um
1: a little less i would say i don't i don't know man it's hard to it's hard to you know like you said 10 11 12 years later like right. pinpoint how you felt in that moment i just that was just like the overarching theme is that um is that i, I was i was wound really tight
0: yeah. And I I just thought it was interesting to read that I found an article that said like people had thought it was a fluke that you won because you were the sixth seed and that you would get on the message boards and like type back that you were gonna win it again as a senior. I, I don't know if that's true or not, I, but
1: No that's not true. I've never I've never posted. I'm not I don't engage I don't engage like that. But I would I would consume it.
0: You would? <laughs> I'd you, see you it. Use it as motivation? Yeah my
1: motivation. Uh my dad would keep like a list and like, that guy if, wait if i ever see that guy wait till you win at your senior year i hope i see that guy at the at the, par, at the, at the bar or something it's <laughs> like so he, he he he's he's got like a scroll rolls down to the floor of people <laughs> that stuff about me man
0: like a like a game of thrones type thing man right <laughs> so once you were done i mean did you have any idea what you wanted to do did you know you always wanted to coach yeah
1: yeah uh, not always not like not like when i was eight or whatever
0: yeah <laughs> you know
1: fireman or something but yeah when i was in college and, and i think that was part of it too is that like in my mind i was like you better do well in college or how are you going to coach college right because like we're we're a unique sport into which you know there isn't going to there's not a lot of bill belichick style guys that 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 maybe weren't a great football player but they can just scheme and x's and o's like in our sport you kind of you know, we put a lot of emphasis on like whatever you want, like accolades, which I don't think is I don't think is necessarily right at all. I don't think that you know for for you to trust somebody and and develop student athletes, I don't think you have to be the best wrestler ever, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but that's kind of the that's the catch twenty two about our sport. So I think that was a little bit of the pressure too that I was dealing with is that I was like, you know what you want to do, you better you better have something on your resume because it's not like I had any. Work experience. Maybe I cut my grandma's yard a few times. So, uh, so yeah, I wanted to coach.
0: Yeah, wrestling is unique like that. You think about um, Coach K at Duke. I mean, he played played for Army, but I don't think he was like a pro. Or even John Wooden. I mean, he played in college, but wasn't a, a you know an all star by any means. And I'm kind of with you. I think it's a negative that wrestling has that stigma. But man, it sure helps to to make a wrestler feel confident knowing that their coach has done it.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think we're a unique sport like that.
0: Well, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about coaches. Now that you are a coach, first is: is there any difference in your day to day from when you went from assistant to associate head coach?
1: Not really, just some shuffling around of, of different responsibilities, but for the most part, no.
0: So, okay, with that in mind, when you, when you well, like when I wake up now, I know that there's two to three areas I need to focus on each day. To, mm-hmm. to have a good day. Um, and if that's head coach is what it looks like for them. But as an assistant, you're waking up, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your guys, but like, would you say your top two to three things for the day are recruiting, athlete development, or like, how do you look at structuring your day and, and, and getting it done as an, as an associate head coach?
1: It's cyclical. You know, it, it all depends on where we are in the season and what, what time of the year it is. Um, I'm a to-do list, like, freak, so like I have a I have a note section in my phone with like my to do list, and I'd look at that thing probably like 50 times a day just to make sure you know and try to cross things off and whatnot. So different things you put different priority on and what's pressing. Um, but yeah, I would say you know in season, especially you know after the after the early signing period, so like mid November through March, it's totally you know mostly athlete development uh, with with some. Recruiting, maintenance, and whatnot. Talking to kids, um, maybe going on, going on a few, seeing them compete at some tournaments over the holidays and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the big emphasis is on is on that, is on development at least during the year. I mean, it's got to be right.
0: And are you making calls to the recruits throughout the resting season, or not even that?
1: During se- yeah, yeah yeah that that that's 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 all the time. That's an all the time thing. Now that you know, now that the rules ch- ever since the rules change from. You know, back in back in our day, it was July July first. One phone call a week, and then kids made a choice in like October. I was like, "Shoot, that was that was easy." Recruiting was easy back then. <laughs> one phone call a week. You had a list of twenty two kids or something. You call them. All right, done. Now it's 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 you gotta you gotta talk to these kids a lot more often.
0: So that's ongoing all the time. You know, yeah. What time of year it is? Yep. Correct. I and mean, what's on the what's on the to do list during a normal off season? I mean, now it's not normal at all, but if, if it was. Yeah.
1: Well, at Ohio state, obviously we, we have guys trying to make world teams. So whether it's junior world teams, you, you know, U 23 world teams, senior world teams. So it's like, we don't, we don't really shut down. Honestly, the biggest three week break that I have in my life is like August 1st till August 21st. When, mm-hmm. when our guys are on campus, that's, that's when things are, are, are the slowest. Um, but even then you're still, then you're like making sure all the freshmen are going to, you know, get off on the right foot and everything's ready for the team to report back and what's your first meeting going to look like and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I would say we're, we're, you know, we're 365, you know, day program and it's just, it's just the intensity's dialed down a little bit in April, May, June, you know, I, as much as, you know, yes, you're making world teams, you have RTC practices, but it's just like a, it's not as heightened sense of urgency as, as it is during the college
0: season. Well, I, I, to your point, I've heard, coaches say that it's even busier which kind of seems impossible busier in the offseason with the fundraising with the camps with the RTC with the recruiting than it can be during the season because then you just have a kind of a single-minded focus
1: that without question yeah that can happen as well yeah
0: wow crazy well well coach I know uh I know you have a family at home now a one-year-old so we'll let you go here soon the, la- the last question we always ask is how did yep. wrestling change your life? And obviously, it is your it is your life since you're a coach, um, mm-hmm. as are most people we have on here. But what has it given you, or, or what what do you think? Maybe a better way to put it is, what do you hope wrestling will pass down to your son if he sticks it out and wrestles all the way through? I mean, how do you think about it in that term?
1: Yeah, the thing that I think about um, in terms of wrestling and, and is just how grateful I am that it's it's given me, you know, the opportunity to meet the people in my life that I have. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of what you would call like a connector. Like I have a lot of different pockets of friends that I, you know, I try to, I try to keep in contact with. And, and that's very important to me, my friends and my family. And, and I honestly like a lot of them, I wouldn't have, they wouldn't be in my life if it wasn't for the sport of wrestling. Somehow the sport of wrestling brought me together with, you know, my buddies from Shadyside, Ohio. Right. and, my, you know, my, 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 I wouldn't have went to St. Peter Chanel high school if it wasn't for wrestling, those friends. And I probably wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have came to Ohio State or not, but you know, the group that, you know, I play softball with are wrestling guys. So it's like all these different pockets of friends that I have, the, the, the intro was made by the sport of wrestling. So I'm forever grateful from that standpoint.
0: Yeah. That's a big one. I, it almost is hard to go back to hang out with people who aren't, who don't share that same mindset. Um, but then again, I know some people that they have to have yeah. friends that are out of the sport, but I kind of, uh, a former, I yeah,
1: I have a ton, ton of those groups that I just mentioned. They're not like, they're not diehard wrestling people or they're not into wrestling, but I met them because I, you know, I, one, one friend wrestled and then I met his 10 friends or whatnot. So, um, so wrestling's definitely been the connect, the connecting piece to a lot of different people. But yeah, I definitely agree with that. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to be around just, the same kind of people all the time, right? Different vantage points, you know, different outlooks, and it's uh trying to be well-rounded.
0: Absolutely. Well, Coach, greatly appreciate your time today, sir. Stay uh, stay safe out there, and hopefully we'll connect again soon when some tournaments yeah. are back on here, man.
1: Anytime, man, and uh, you guys as well and all the listeners as well. You know, stay safe and um, take care.
0: And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's Wrestle to 555 888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.